Welcome to the Seller Insights Hot Seat. This is a series where we dive into an Amazon seller problem we want to solve with the help of an expert guest, where we ask focused questions around a specific topic and perhaps take an over-the-shoulder look at strategies and tactics to solve our common problems. If you want to connect with us on social channels, check us out at Zonguru for Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Check us out right now at Zonguru. All right, if you'd like to get access to our latest hot products that sell on Amazon right now, plus a whole bunch of other free value, go to zonguru.com forward slash podcast and get access to everything right now in your hands to help you grow your Amazon business. Today, we have Rob Bell, the Chief Growth Officer from Elevate Brands. I'm super excited to jump into today's topic, uh, unpacking the, the, the space of the aggregators looking to buy your Amazon business and what are, the, what, what are the important things to actually get right and most importantly, what are the things not to get wrong. Uh, so welcome, Rob. Nice to have you on. Thank you, John. Thanks so much for having us. It's, it's great to be here. Yeah, man. And uh, you, I know you're based in Austin and uh, I know uh, you've got a, a bunch of Americans on the team, Australians, South Africans. It's kind of a global community there and, and uh, it's always, always fun to have a conversation with an Australian anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's good to represent the Summers Hemisphere. So um, yeah, our team's kind of located all around the world. We got people in New York, Austin, South Africa, Australia, China. Um, so yeah, got the whole global kind of team there. Um, but yeah, everything's great. Yeah, I just uh, you know we just connected at Prosper uh, a few weeks back, and and uh, I definitely had had the most fun with you guys. So uh, a, a good start to the relationship, but. Uh, you know, this is a really interesting area. It's obviously a new area uh, to a degree on uh, with the Amazon sellers, which is everyone who 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 starts selling on Amazon has the objective of uh, you know one either you know scaling the business and 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 earning off the revenue or living off the revenue or scaling the business, selling it, and then and then starting again. I've always said to to our audience. Um, you know, your entrepreneur birthday is the day that you sell your first business uh, and everyone should aim to do that because um, it can literally uh, change your life uh, financially. You know, it's, it's that, that first sale. Uh, it gives you serious uh, capital, uh, some, some, some cash that you can then invest in a number of different things to continue to grow your wealth. So everyone needs to aim to do that. Um, and, and with, you know, this, the seasoning of Amazon as a, as a marketplace and the and the success of, of third party sellers, it's it's born this whole industry around aggregators coming in and literally looking to um, you know buy uh, third party private label Amazon seller businesses and then scale that and, and create a portfolio of brands um, you know that that is part of their portfolio. So a super interesting space um, and and a lot of aggregators are, are coming in and, and ultimately looking for for that sale uh, or, or for that uh, to purchase a, a business. Um, so from, from the man who knows the space well, uh, I think for our audience to understand what, what, what are the things to get right when you're looking to, to sell the business and then, and then what, shouldn't they, you know, what should they avoid getting, getting wrong, um, I think is a great uh, area to, to start with. So uh, what, yeah, why don't you kind of teach us and, and uh, let's ask some questions as we go. Yeah, sure, John. Um, yeah, so look, I think it's it's a, it's an extremely exciting time to be an Amazon seller. Um, the way we like to phrase it is, you know, we're entering a golden age for Amazon FBA. Um, and I think, John, you touched on a very interesting point is, 
you know, if you wind about the clock kind of three, four years ago, when people were starting an Amazon business, they really were starting it to try generate passive income or potentially generate enough income to leave their job and, and you know, work in their own business and be their own boss. Um, now, what we like to think is like Amazon FBA is no longer a side hustle. You know, this space has accelerated um, so dramatically um, through the pandemic and through the kind of adoption of e-commerce. Um, and now with the, with kind of the entrance of all this capital, um, essentially institutionalizing the asset class, you know, we think, as you said, that like Amazon FBA shouldn't be viewed as just a side hustle. It should be viewed as a, as a vehicle to generate, you know, generational wealth for you as the seller and the owner. Um, and, you know, the two, the two key drivers of this is one, obviously the acceleration of e-commerce through the pandemic, um, you know, we had, you know, multiple years of advancement um, in terms of adoption and, and velocity. Um, but two is, you know, there's been close to $6 billion or north of $6 billion raised now by groups like ours looking to, um, looking to acquire and build a portfolio of private label brands. So with that capital, um, you know, the valuations of FBA businesses have increased significantly. So, you know, the first business we acquired in, in 2019, we paid a, a multiple of around two times, um, two times profit. Um, these, t- these days, you know, multiples are anywhere between, call it four and five, potentially north of that for a bigger business. So the value of these businesses has increased significantly, you know, more than doubled in the last 12 to 18 months. So as a seller, um, I think you, you, you kind of nailed on the head perfectly, like the most money you can make from your FBA businesses is when you exit. Um, but it's not just so simple as building a business and just flipping it in two years' time. You have to build it the right way. And I think there's a whole bunch of things, you know, we evaluate hundreds of businesses a week and not every business, you know, meets the criteria of a buyer like ourselves. And there's a bunch of kind of things that sellers should be doing the moment they start their business to prepare their business for that eventual exit. So I think, I think there's, a couple of, there's a couple of probably areas we can start. Some of it sounds quite intuitive and basic. But a lot of sellers are still not doing this today. Um, so I yeah, think the so, first uh, be, uh, yeah, you before go. we jump into that, and, and I think I think that's a that's a great summation of of where everything is at today. And and certainly um, what I want to break down for some of the listeners right now is is just the the, the, the opportunity around the numbers, right? And and the, just taking a simple example, if if you're doing um, hundred thousand dollars on Amazon a month, right? Which is which is absolutely achievable, achievable with it, at least maybe one to three SKUs, right? You can literally be at a hundred thousand, maybe maybe four SKUs, but uh, one to two, or you know, you would absolutely be at hundred thousand a month, which is north of seven figures a year. Um, now, if you're doing that hundred thousand, let's let's just round off and say a million a million dollars in revenue a year. Um, your profit on that, let's just say, is $300,000. You make 30, which is a solid, solid business. You're making 30% margin on your business. That's 300,000. Someone like Elevate Brands is willing to pay maybe three to four X on that, on that profit for, for that business, plus buy the stock. Am I right? Yeah, correct. So, so we'll apply a multiple on the trailing 12 months profit with some adjustments. So in your example, maybe the business could be worth anywhere from Nine hundred thousand to one point five, depending on the quality of the business, what niches it's in, things like that. Is it growing? Um, and then we also buy the inventory dollar for dollar. So, um, so any inventory that you're holding, we'll pay that one for one and buy that as part of the deal. Um, so, so if you, yeah. yeah. So if you're, if so in that example, if your business is doing a million in revenue, right, 
and you have $200,000 in stock, you could potentially sell that business between $900,000 and $1.5 million in cash, plus the, the $200,000 to cover the stock that you have. Um, and that is now one lump of, of cash that you have to, to then start another business, invest in others. It is, it is absolutely a game changer in terms of your life. And that's for something literally, you know, in, in my mind is probably one to three different SKUs or different variations or, or different, different products that you launch on Amazon. And typically you would get there. If you started today, you would be there, uh, you know, conservatively, conservatively a year before you launch a product, maybe a year to, to kind of start to scale and get those numbers, maybe a little more. So in two and a half years, you could literally have maybe invested 50, 60 grand and turn that into, into a million dollars, you know, and that, that is on, on the low end for sure. You know, it's an unbelievable opportunity. Um, and, and as you said, you need to get, um, you know, from day one that you launch your business, you need to be thinking about how do you structure this in a way that you can exit. Um, and there are absolutely, I know from experience, things that you have to get right um, and, and, and put in place uh, from a structural perspective so that you, you, you're going in the right direction. So let's start there. Um, if, if that's good, your fundamentals, your basics, I think uh, just jump, jumping through those would be amazing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, so I think anyone starting a business today should be thinking about an exit in mind. Um, and, you know, certainly we're buying businesses off sellers now who are onto their fourth and fifth exits, right? They've kind of got the formula down pat. They know how to run a good Amazon business and it's kind of rinse and repeat. And some of these people have built, you know, 20, $30 million kind of personal portfolios over the scope of kind of four to five years. So um, the, the potential's there. Um so, so the way we like to kind of pitch it is um, we have like this simple, this simple kind of um, saying, it's called GOAT. Um, so <laughs> we'd say, get your GOAT on. Um, yeah. And um, essentially, it's how you get your business ready for sale. Um, so the G stands for growth. The O stands for operations. The A stands for accounting. And the T stands for trenches. Um, now, so... so this is kind of if you have a business ready to sell, but it's, it still applies to if you're starting a business from scratch. So firstly, the G is, um, is growth. Um, so what, what we like to think about here is, you know, a seller like ourselves, when we buy a business, we don't want to buy a business that doesn't have growth potential ahead of it. So what's important is as you're building your business, it's about scaling it to a size that a buyer like ours will be interested to acquire it. But still leaving growth on the table so that you know a buyer like ourselves can actually grow it and continue the legacy and also um, you know generate a return on that business itself. So I think um, it's about you know developing that growth narrative from the beginning. So it's you know having a clear pathway to new new SKUs, having a clear pathway to new marketplaces, um, and having a clear pathway potentially off Amazon. So I think. So I think that's 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 one narrative. Obviously, you have a, a business which is developed. Having that kind of mapped out um, is helpful. If you're starting, probably not so relevant. Just obviously try get to scale um, with a simple portfolio. I think what's important when you're setting up your business is also category focus. So don't have a seller. So generally, when we acquire a business, we acquire the seller central account. So if you're experimenting with different brands, so maybe you start with four or five products at the beginning to try see see what gets velocity and traction on Amazon, it's double down on the winners and don't don't double down on multiple products from different categories in the same seller central account. Because what happens is in two or three years time, when you come to your exit and we look at the account and it's got 
patio furniture, kids' fairy wings, and human supplements in, it's very difficult for us to get excited about an account like that because one, it's multiple brands in one, it, they're across different niches, and it's very difficult for our team to, when you acquire one of these businesses and hand it off, it's like, well, how do you grow this business? Because it's three or four businesses in one. So what we love to see is when it's a single seller central account with a single brand and a single niche dominating certain keywords, it's like, I get it. This brand is pool filters. This brand is kitchen spatulas. So, so try to double down on a niche in a category and then become the best in that category and build your brand around that. So it's kind of clear and you can communicate what it is and, and how you're going to grow that brand um, in, in a bias hands like ourselves. So that's, that's kind of the first thing. Um, if you want to set up different brands, we'd recommend setting up in different LLCs. Obviously, make sure you're complying with Amazon TOS. But if you've got a good idea for a gardening brand, a good idea for a home and kitchen brand, a good idea for a baby brand, keep them in separate LLCs and run them that way. Um, let, me so that's under- on that. let me ask a question on that. But so you guys are buying the whole Seller Central accounts. You're not just buying, uh, you know, the the parents uh, ASIN or, or, or and its variations, right? And why is that? So so you can so so there's two ways you can you can migrate the the businesses. One is right. you migrate the ownership of the Seller Central account, or you transfer. You do listing transfers. So right. we've done both, and we used to think they were both possible. Listing transfers are very very messy. One, they take a long time. Um, and this is through our experience. Maybe other buyers have a different view, but we've done two two acquisitions that were listing transfers, and they haven't been they haven't turned out favorably for us for two reasons. One, for some what reason, when you transfer, yeah. yeah, when you transfer the listing, all the PPC campaigns, essentially, PPC campaigns have seasoning in Amazon, right? So the moment you transfer it, you lose all that um, history. The second one is all the inventory limits uh, were reset and tre- it's treated like it's a new account. So it was great for the seller because he sold some ASINs to us and kept his other brand in a seller central account. He got his money. And then essentially, we spent three, four, five, six months trying to get that account back to where it needs to be. So, so that's, and I think other buyers have had that same experience. So most buyers these days are not interested in doing listing transfers. So that's why if you had everything jumbled in one account, it's like, well, my baby brand's going well, so I'm going to try sell those ASINs. You might not be able to sell that. All right, if you'd like to get access to our latest hot products that sell on Amazon right now, plus a whole bunch of other free value, go to zonguru.com forward slash podcast and get access to everything right now in your hands to help you grow your Amazon business. In the seller community, there's like, oh, okay, great. We can sell you know, our, our one uh, set of ASINs under this brand if I have two or three brands in my in my accounts. Um, so that I think is, is super insightful and it actually makes a hell of a lot of sense because you know uh, your 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 listing and your everything on Amazon is is tied to historical performance of that account from the quality score of your PPC to your listing to you know everything that you've done in there and and if you just transfer a piece of it you you're literally resetting on a brand new account and have to go through this hurdle so that's that's really interesting uh, yeah I'm glad I'm glad you you kind of qualified that um, the second uh, just note I wanted to say there is like you know whenever we whenever whenever I say to an individual if they give me two products and they say, hey, which one should I launch? I always say to them, launch the one where you have a manufacturer that you can easily scale a, a, a product line. You know, um, you know, a great example is just furniture, right? Furniture, you go to one manufacturer, you can launch a coat 
rack stand. You can launch a, you know, a whatever, a, a little side table, whatever, because they have all of these, these products and a, and a product line available. So if you can find a manufacturer where you get that first sale, first product with, and you can immediately launch those others, and you can see this long uh, lineup ahead, that is really, really powerful, you know, uh, for sale down the road. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 cool to show. You've got to show that growth, obviously, beyond Amazon, but show that product line. Like, what else, what else is coming in the pipeline? You know, that's good. Yeah, correct. And that's that growth portfolio because what, what's super cool about our business model is when we acquire business, we also acquire the supply chain that you've built yeah. as a seller in that relationship. So, if you've got an amazing factory in China or the US or Vietnam making product X and we kind of, and then, and we, and we get into that supply once we buy their business. And as you said, if there's a great lineup of additional products that makes us super excited about buying that, that business essentially, right? Cause we can see, we're happy to pay you a big multiple because we know we can launch 20 SKUs in the next year. So that kind of goes to that growth narrative. So when you're thinking about the category, the niche, the manufacturer, whoever you meet, like think about, can they scale um, do they have interesting products? I think the other interesting piece is, you know, focus on defensible consumable products, potentially. Don't don't go into niches that are fads, that are maybe yes. very discretionary, one-off purchases. Because again, a buyer like ourselves, we're, we're, we're potentially paying you a big multiple. So if, if it's an evergreen product, if it's defensible, if it can't be innovated away, if it's not fast tech, again, that gets us more interesting. If it's... If it's um, that's you know, the, very, that's the, the, is that the trenches aspect of goat? A, a little bit, um, right. kind of. At, when we go down to that to that level, um, but I'm, you know, product selection will be will be a big a big thing. For example, there's not as many aggregators buying human supplements businesses. Yeah, so no the valuation of human supplement business is far lower than uh, a very defensible baby or a home and kitchen product or something in pets. They'll trade at high multiples. So maybe. Both 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 sellers have set up great businesses. It's just there's less buyers looking for human supplements businesses versus something in a different category. So that's that's also something to kind of think about. Um, yeah. So that's so that's that's kind of growth. Um, so we can go to operations. Yeah. To let's do it. Um, so operations is just um, you know just just run a very clean ship, right? Um, so again, um, set up your business and get it to a point where you're not. Um, working in the business, you're working on the business. So you as the seller and entrepreneur need to make sure that you're not a single, you're not the single point of kind of cohesiveness in that business because that makes us as a buyer nervous, right? If you're doing everything in the business yourself, um, it then makes us less interested to acquire that account. So you need to get the business. Now, obviously in the beginning, you're going to have to do a lot yourself, but you need to build a team of VAs, potentially get an onshore operations manager who then runs the business and you can kind of coordinate things, set up lots of SOPs, have them all documented, have very a very strong team of VAs um, and other people kind of running the show. So when we come on as a buyer, we have full confidence that potentially we can keep that team on. They can continue running the business, help transition, even join our team. That makes it a lot easier and, and um, for a buyer like ours to, to, to acquire a business like that and get excited about it. Versus a business where it's like the owner is doing all the sourcing, all the customer service, they're doing the PPC themselves because, and nothing's documented SOPs. That makes us quite nervous um, when we look at a business. And certainly we've seen a couple of big businesses in some of the broker communities at the moment that haven't actually sold because the owner is too 
is too connected and is too key component of the business and they don't want to stay on. So no, no buyers are really interested in, in yeah. the target. So, so that's a that's key great. thing. So it's, it's simplifying the business, setting up SOPs, you know, having a good team of people that are kind of operating it day to day. And again, communicating that clearly to a buyer, that makes us a lot more excited. And you can always think about as you scale and build your business that you want to get it to a point where you have those structures in place. Yeah, hundred percent. I think I think we coach similar similar to to our, our starting um, you know sellers uh, in, in that everything has to be. It's it's the other side of of an entrepreneur, right? You get this flamboyant, crazy, uh, risk averse or, or risky risk taker uh, personality. And what truly makes an entrepreneur successful is the other side, which is the discipline. You know, and and it truly is. You have to be disciplined around your numbers, but also your operations and how you set that up. And, um, you know, one of the first things I would say if you're starting an Amazon business is set up, you know, Notion is a great one. You can do SOPs on that, but write out your standard operation, operating procedures and, and follow that guideline of, um, you know, f- learn it, but then fire yourself from the job and get someone to run it with a good SOP. Um, and it's critical to the, the sale, I, you know. I, you know, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's also yeah. Really important. Yeah, exactly. And look, and there's and there's there's many good VAs out there that are now highly trained and you know get a v, get you know depending on the size of business, get a couple of VAs that each do a specific thing, whether it's the Amazon listing, customer service, sourcing, PPC. So you know, just just get people in the business that can run it. And you know, what one in, the other interesting dynamic is that some sellers are like, well, I want to take all the VAs with me, and that's also kind mm. of an interesting point because it's like, well. Imagine going to buy a restaurant and you paid a big multiple and, and bought a restaurant for $10 million. You'd expect that all the staff would stay on generally, right? Mm-hmm. So that's also an interesting dynamic is I think if you can set the business up and not get too wedded to the people, again, it, it just it gives a buyer like us more confidence because we know that we have a team that's been running that business for three or four years and they're going to stay on and help with the transition and make sure things kind of run smoothly um going forward so that's yeah and again if the, if the business is well documented all those processes then, then it's easier to say hey you know I, I need some of these key staff to come with me but look how everything's documented you know we can train someone up you know all of those Correct. Are good options yeah what, yep. what out of um all of those areas of operations what is what is kind of the, the key one to prioritize in terms of getting someone to run that process is it um, sourcing or is it, uh, you know, probably the inventory and, and manufacturer relationship? Like where, where yeah, does it kind I, of sit I, for you guys? Yeah, I think the, 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 the key area is obviously like supply chain and procurement, yeah, right? Sure. So have that, make sure that's been delegated and, and SOP'd and things like that because, you know, ultimately buy, we buy the digital asset, which is the Amazon side of things. We're, we're experts at that. Um, and we can figure out customer service like we do that in all our brands. So that's okay. But if you can't buy inventory from that manufacturer because there's a breakdown or they only want to deal with you as the old owner, that's where it presents risk for us, right? So it's around supply chain. So I think that's the area that the more that's documented, the more all the compliance documents are provided, everything's kind of in order, VAs are doing the POs, you know, that, that gives us confidence. Whereas if the awesome. owners, everything's in their head and they've had a relationship with someone in China for 30 years and and it's their old buddy becomes a bit more difficult for us. Awesome. All right. What's the A? A is accounting. Um, so essentially, you know, we're still meeting many, many sellers, including those selling into seven, even eight figures that don't have accounts. Um, they don't keep books. So again, 
if you're running this business as a bit of a side hustle, some sellers just look at the bank account at the end of the month. And as long as the account, the amount's increasing, they're happy with, with how the business is performing, right? So our view is like, get into the data, get into the numbers, you know, start, you don't necessarily have to appoint a CPA straight away, but, you know, get, get, get a tool to look at and track your performance um, and your PL. And then obviously, um, you know, as you approach an exit, um, you know, definitely appoint an accountant. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're very well priced. There's lots of e-commerce focused accounting firms that are experts and only do Amazon businesses. They can be able to set it up super quickly and really cost effectively. So I'd highly recommend that for any seller. Some view it as an unnecessary expense, but again, it can be a, the difference between getting a, a bigger multiple um, versus a lower multiple. We'll st- we can still buy a business with no accounts, but it takes a lot longer and um, you know, just it's it, it's just not as smooth if we've got a base set of numbers to to work off. If you'd like to engage with experts like this, plus a bunch of other Amazon sellers, check us out in our private Facebook group, Amazon Seller Network. Subscribe there and join the community. There's a lot of international sellers who are selling on Amazon.com. Is it important for them to establish um, a, a US-based company, which which helps with the multiple and helps with that? Or is it okay, for example, if it's an Australia-based company selling on Amazon.com, obviously with a with a, with a cloud-based bank in, in dollars? Um, you know, is that does that make a difference to the multiple? And is it preferable to have it in the US and they should set it up in that way at some point? Yeah, so it's a good question. Um, so Obviously, if you've got an offshore entity holding, so if you're based in Australia, Europe, or UK, and you're holding and you're selling on Amazon.com, and you have a your registered company or, or entity is in one of those foreign jurisdictions, it definitely adds complexity to the yeah. to the transaction. Um, and, and the re and it adds complexity because there's there's tax implications for the what for the different transaction structures. So. So it does add complexity and it, and it possibly will, will result in a reduced multiple. The cleanest way is to set up a US LLC. So set that up, find out a structure to hold it, and then you end up just selling selling the asset um, in the US. So that's that's definitely a cleanest way. But look, we've bought um, you know UK entities um, off sellers who are based in the UK, uh, selling on Amazon.com. Now, the, just those deals took a, a lot longer Um and was kind of more beneficial for them from a tax perspective. So, gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Right. Let's go to the T. So T. Um, so that's trenches. Um, so that's all about you know protecting your IP, right? So mm. the ba- the basic place to start on Amazon is getting brand registry. So it, it, we really struggle to to have interest in a brand that isn't brand registered because if it's not, like any seller can potentially jump onto your listing and you know sell a lookalike product. So so that's super important. So um, definitely recommend getting trademarks and getting Amazon brand registry set up um, as early as possible. Particularly if you want to sell, like for us, we we really wouldn't touch something without that. So that's that's kind of a, a key lesson to have an exitable business. I think the other area which becomes even more interesting is um, if you can get actually kind of design or utility patents on your product. So on Amazon, it's notorious for having copycat sellers. You can, we, you know, we've launched a, a great product in the sports and outdoor niche, and within 12 months, you go to Alibaba, and it's our actual listings that other manufacturers are, are listing it as, 
you know, a product that can be sold and a whole bunch of copycats have come onto the platform. So 12 that's months, always I, would, a risk. I, would, I would give it two days. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it can be quicker. So, so, that, so that's, that's, that's always a risk. So I think if you can get utility or, um, or design patents on the product, um, that makes it even more interesting. And certainly the highest multiples we've seen paid for Amazon businesses with those with design and, and utility patents. And there is no one else on Amazon selling that same product. And anyone who tries to copy them, they get taken down pretty quickly. And Amazon, to their credit, is is great at enforcing that these days. So um, if you think about long-term value and the value of brand and things like that on the platform, you know, brand registry, trademarks, um, and patents is definitely an area to to play in for sure. And every seller should be trying to think about that as well. Yeah, that's amazing. So, so thanks for touching all that. I think I think the last uh, point I just want to touch on, you kind of brought it up at the beginning, but um, you know, the insight into um, diversification beyond Amazon, right? And, and how important is that to, to the value of the business? Uh, for example, what I always say to people who are setting up uh, an Amazon business is like, it's not an Amazon business. It's an e-commerce brand. You're starting on Amazon. That's your lead magnet. That's where you're making your first sales. But you need to critically think about how you can create um, off of Amazon, um, you know, uh, experiences and sales. Um, and and you know, the first thing to do is obviously set up a Shopify store that obviously can do sales there. Um, you know, and strategies to start to grow your customer list and 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 move them towards your website where they can have a brand experience potentially buy other products on there and one feeds the other. You know, that that's 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 growing a, a proper e-commerce brand where Amazon is your starting point, but it becomes one channel. How important is that to the to you guys and to the, the valuation of the business? Yeah, so 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 it's important. I think I think there's two there's two core elements of it. One's about building kind of brand and brand awareness and two is about your kind of channel diversification. So I think on the brand the more it looks like a cohesive brand that has a following, that has some social media um, presence, that has an email list, that's not, we're not going to probably put a dollar value to those things. But the more it feels like this can be a great home and kitchen brand that you could see in brick and mortar stores where, that you get it and that it's very clear that that's the kind of line and, and the, and the um, I guess, the brand kind of image that it portrays. Um, and that it has a following and things like that, like that, that, that is important. Um, and it has a great design aesthetic and it's all cohesive and has great packaging, all those types of things pull into that brand kind of identity and experience. So that, that will get, that will be valued versus just say random products, right? Like mm. it becomes easier for our marketing team to think how they're going to grow a brand than just a portfolio of kind of widgets. Right. So, so that is important. Um, I can't really put a dollar value on that, but like it's, 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 it is, it is very important, I think. Um, so that's, that's one. And then on the channel diversification, um, I wouldn't say we value business more because it has channel diversification. It will still probably receive the same multiple, but it does become more appealing if it's, if it's 80% Amazon and, and it has a, a nice Shopify presence, you know, 20% and built, and maybe it's building. Again, we look at that as kind of, a positive growth lever that we're going to be able to pull and we can say, okay, well, the Amazon side's going really well and we think we can maybe grow the Shopify side another, you know, 20 or 30%. Again, that becomes more interesting. It goes to that growth point 
that's a lever we can pull. We have a, there's a story there to grow that business further across those different channels that are already set up. So amazing. Yeah. So, so much covered there. Um, I think people are going to really enjoy this one. I think, uh, you know, we've gone a little bit longer than we, we typically do, but it's, it's really important points to cover. I think maybe the, the, the last one there, and we've touched on it as, as we've talked, but if there's any key things like, you know, what's, what's the main thing not to get, uh, that, that, not, that you shouldn't get wrong, I guess, is, is the question that you see. Yeah, I think the, well, I think the, the, the number one thing I think is don't just build a seller account that's just jumbled full of random products. I think that's the number one thing. The number one reason why we see businesses not trading is because that is an aggregation. They end up, they end up with big accounts. They may be selling mid seven figures, even eight figures, but it's just hundreds of products in random categories. None of it's cohesive. None of it ties back to the name. None of it's got its, there's no Shopify store because it's all random. You're selling things in many different categories. So yeah, that's, it's, it's, that's what I'd say you need to avoid because that account, then it doesn't become exitable. And then, as I said, it's difficult to remove ASINs and things. You kind of stuck with that seller account. So I think that's a key thing is just focus on a niche. Think about what that niche is going to become, where you're going to be positioned that niche from a brand perspective and build, build it around that. Um, and be the best guy in that category. And that's how you're going to get the highest valuation for your, for your business ultimately. Yeah, super cool. You know, we, 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 we say to people who are starting, it's like, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a brand that's growing a sustainable business or you just want to be something that you hustle to get cash flow? You know, and obviously the one is just a product-based business on cash flow. There's no brand. If you get shut down tomorrow or someone undercuts you, you know, that product is done and you have to move on. So yeah, thanks for that. I mean, it's it's super cool to to kind of see it from both ends. Like, what are we teaching, and and how are we trying to set up our customers? Um, and and on on the other end of it, the guys who are buying it, what are they looking for? And it's kind of nice to just see that they're they're very aligned. So, um, thanks for that. Uh, I think uh, everyone's going to love this. Uh, what should I do to get hold of you? Um, and uh, you know, what's the best way to contact uh, Elevate Brands and and uh, you know, what's obviously they have choices out there. What's what should steer them towards you guys? Yeah. So, so look, um, I, I think the big differentiating factor for us is we actually started as a seller. So we started in 2016, um, you know, with that kind of random products business, we were doing retail arbitrage. We started doing mm. wholesale reselling. Then we, we, we went into private label. We launched and acquired a brand. That was how we started. So, and we started as a seller. So I think we're, we're all about helping sellers. I think if anyone has any questions, I'm always happy to help and bounce ideas off. Um, either visit our website, elevatebrands.com, or just email me at um, robertelevatebrands.com. Um, and yeah, we're happy to speak to people at any stage of, of their kind of selling journey, whether at the beginning, whether they're thinking about an exit in the next 12 or 18 months, that's also a good time to speak to someone like ourselves, or they actually want to sell their business today. So we're here to help. Um, at all stages. Good stuff, man. Uh, yeah, I must admit, uh, you know, connecting with a few of the aggregators, I've, I've definitely connected with you guys the most. It's it's obviously uh, just great to see uh, that that kind of seller mentality coming through, as well as uh, you know the fun of it and and the the true passion to to want to help. I think I think that's that's what I see coming out of elevators is not just like hey, we're we're here to build our portfolio. You guys are excited about buying businesses growing them and, and helping people sell their businesses and change their lives and everything else which which uh, resonates well with me so um yeah man i wish you guys 
all the best uh, in 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 this uh, this venture ahead. And uh, certainly, I think you guys have recently just got some some great uh, backing as well. So um, you guys you guys are ready to 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 roll with it, which is which is awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks, John, and likewise. All right, thanks for it. Hey, hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to check out more episodes, be sure to go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts and subscribe today. Many episodes to check out.